Hey everybody, welcome to Lunch with PB&J. How you doing, Jay? <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> um, so, Joy, do you know what today we is? We're finally here. Do, do you know they, what it is? Do, do they you know, know what today is, everybody? Because today is a special, special day in the life 50th of, anniversary? It is our 50th. It is the golden anniversary? Is the 50th a golden Money. anniversary or diamond? I didn't get you either one. Your simple wife doesn't keep up with this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why we. I got a we're coffee. Good for each other. Yes, and not Something only do you have a coffee to put in you our have coffees. coffee in yeah. our brand new lunch with PB and J mugs. <laughs> Look at that, courtesy of our friend Ashley at the Cozy Cabin. I think that's right. I think that's right. So now we're going to advertise you, ourselves instead of these guys all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, FYI, this fits a medium Tim Hortons, mm. if you're curious about the size. And with that, Joy, yes. remember how I keep saying we're going to do something fun for the 50th yes. episode. Did you find And anything? maybe give something away yeah. and you, Joy, didn't think I was going to do it. <laughs> she doubted me. Let's so, be honest, y'all doubted him too. <laughs> you didn't. You guys have faith in me. So this is what we're going to do, guys. You'll notice, I, I hope you like our little our little mugs there. Look, look at that. Fine quality. They are dishwasher safe. Baked right in there. I'm all into this shape right now. Logo, it holds nice a big coffee. Nice big 15 ouncer. Yeah. It's a great handle. Look, my whole hand fits in there. So here's what we're going to do, guys. <laughs> we're going to do a little giveaway. We have three more mugs. We got enough for Joy and I to have one, and then we've got three more. We're gonna give them away as a celebration of our 50th episode. So here's what we're gonna do is next week on our 51st episode, we are going to do a drawing. Here's how you can uh, get into the drawing. So everything you do will get you one entry into uh, the podcast. So you can share this episode on Facebook. You can share it on uh, or then you can like our Facebook page or follow us or whatever friend request us. Uh, you can follow our Instagram page. You can tag a couple of people that maybe don't already listen to the podcast. If you tag them on Facebook and Instagram, uh, that'll get you entered into the drawing. You have to make sure you tag us too, like tag us so that we know you're doing it. Um, if you don't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, let us see those subscription numbers come up. And then next and, week uh, we will draw three and next names. Next week we will draw three names and we will, um, hopefully you're all in the area, the people that win. Not that we don't love our long distance fans. You know what? Even if it's a long we'll, distance we'll fan, we got some fans down in the States <laughs> that listen to us, down in Joy's old home neck of the woods um, and around. Man, mm -hmm. we're popular. <laughs> Everybody wants to have lunch with us. Uh, we're going to make sure you get a mug if you win. So, But we will draw that next week. And so Exciting. you do all those things. Get a little entry in there. 50. And you too can own a Lunch with PB&J <laughs> podcast So then mug. when you have your morning devotions and you're sitting with your coffee, you can pray for us. We would appreciate that. Absolutely. We would very much appreciate that. <laughs> and we'll keep her going. We'll yeah. keep her going if you pray for us. We'll keep this going. 
All right, there's a lot of Bible left for us to go through. Oh, yeah. I was have you thought what, about that? What I, are, I was. What are I've we been thinking, we like, what's next? Because this is only Second Peter here is where we're going to get started. Yeah. And there's only basically three chapters, so I'm sure it'll be three more episodes of this. Yeah, and then Joy said, I get to pick next. Yeah, unless you want to help us out and give us some ideas. Hey, yeah, <laughs> nobody ever gives us ideas. Uh, so if you got something you'd like us to talk about, let us know, mm-hmm. all right? And uh, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. We'll lunch it up. All right. All right. So, so we're going to dive in. We are Second Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter's second letter to the church, and uh, in the first one, Peter was addressing trials that were coming from kind of outside the church. Yeah. People that were dealing with trials and suffering because of, um, you know, authority. He dealt with mm-hmm. kind of some of those authority topics and stuff like that. And in this second letter now, Peter is addressing trials from within the church. So we're not going to hit it today, but when we get into chapter two next week, uh, he'll be talking about false teachers that were coming into the church. And so today, um, I'm calling today's episode Back to Basics. Mm -hmm. And that's what Peter, before he starts talking about false teachers, Mm -hmm. he spends what we're calling chapter one, or what the Bible is, chapter one. uh, he's dealing with, hey guys, don't forget the basics. Don't right. forget the word of God. Don't forget some of the fundamentals that you need to remember. Um, and that's going to set you up to know what false teachers, you know, who are the false teachers and what they're teaching is not right, right. and all of those things. So uh, in a way, I, I kind of said it like this, in a way, it's it, this letter is a return to the foundational teachings right. Um, and a reminder to, uh, really a reminder to hold on to the unchanging truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. So they have scriptures, they have the teaching of the apostles and the disciples. And um, he's kind of giving this instruction in the beginning, in the very beginning of this letter, to hold the line on mm-hmm. what, not only what they're being taught by the apostles and disciples, but Mm -hmm. also on the Old Testament prophets uh, as well. And when we hold the line on scripture, which is unchanging, we can then more easily identify these false teachers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where he's going um, with, with this. So I felt like the first chapter here too, just really is a call back, a call to growth, a call to continue Mm -hmm. to grow in your faith. Um, you know, and it's just this encouragement again, cause it's like, these are fundamentals. You said basics, right? right? Yeah, or fundamentals, but it's yeah. this fundamental truth is the basic truth, but don't stop growing. Like yes. it's like this challenge or this calling, um, you know, and he's not saying they're doing bad. It's just this call to no. continue. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, um, correction, corrective yeah. letter. Yeah. It's an encouraging yeah. letter, uh, in it. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So let me read the first couple verses, and there was, uh, there was something he said here in the beginning that I liked. He says, uh, This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of our justice, because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more mm-hmm. and more grace and peace mm-hmm. as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the wording mm-hmm. of that. He says, uh, may may God give you more and more grace mm-hmm. and peace. What mm-hmm. are 
two of the things that we pray for the most in our daily lives. Yeah. We pray for and God, need, give me grace. Yes. And God, I need peace. peace. Yeah. And he gives this instruction of, I pray that God would give you more and more of yeah. both of these things. But how how is it that we're going to come about it? He says, as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Right. Why? Because the more that you know about God. Yeah. And the more you know about Jesus, the more that you're going to have peace. When you start to understand the character of God, it's going to give you peace inside. Mm -hmm. When you're stressing, like, am I good enough? Am Mm -hmm. I this? Am I that? And what is that? That's that's like, God, I need your grace. I know Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I know I've got faults. But the more you begin to grow in your understanding Mm -hmm. of God's character, the more you begin to understand the nature of Jesus and what salvation is and, and this life that he's called us to live and how we're to live it, the more you start to... He says, you know what? God's going to bless you with more, more and, and more, more grace and more and more yeah. peace as you grow in this knowledge. So keep learning. It's encouraging, isn't it? Because it's like he just he doesn't want to leave us with yesterday's mm-hmm. this, that was good enough. He wants to give us more because we need more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's this, it's this encouragement. Keep learning. Yeah. Keep learning. As Christians, we should never stop learning right. about God. It says we'll we'll never know all there is to know about God. We'll never know all there is to, to know about Him. Well, um, like just an example too of just like reading First and Second Peter. Um, I'm trying to think if it's been six months ago that I read First and Second Peter, and then but going through it more in a like the way we've done it and it's slower and all that. Mm-hmm. Like every time I read a book of the Bible, I get more out of it. Yeah. It's not like I read ever read it and go, oh, I remember it said that. I've already got that, uh, whatever. I don't I don't need to know that again. Like, I yeah. never do that. No. So that's, to me, when he talks about you get more and more grace and peace uh, when you dive in and you grow in your knowledge, like, you're going to, if you read this six months from now, you're going to be in a different place um, with God and growing with God that he may have something different. It's yeah. not different in the sense that it contradicts. It's different in the sense that, Oh, that's a that's a revelation I didn't see before. There's new revelation, yeah. new understanding, yeah. new principles. It's 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 a lot. And this yeah. is what I believe you know, when the Bible talks about the word of God is alive. Yeah. It's alive. That's what it means. Like that's part of the definition of that is mm-hmm. the fact that it is it's not like you say, it's not changing, it's alive. And so it literally speaks into whatever what you're situation? going through in life. It will speak into those situations. Yeah. In the moment that you need it, it's there. It's yeah. alive. It's active. It's living. Yeah. So it's okay, I read. Powerful. I read this yesterday, and I just felt like I almost felt overwhelmed how applicable. Yeah. <laughs> that I felt like it was. Yeah. So he goes on in verse three. Says, "By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence." And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Mm-hmm. 
So that, the verse 3 there, it says, by his divine power. I just think it's such an important thing for us to get as Christians. It goes back, you know, Ben mentioned, it's fundamental. It is fundamental to understand and know that it's not in my own strength that I, because it says by his divine power, God's given us everything we need to live a godly life. Like two things I get from that is number one, it's not in my own power. Mm-hmm. Um the beginning, I know I've shared the story before, but the beginning of 2020, we're going into that fast, that, that January fast before COVID hit and all that. And God brought me out of that fast with just a word that just said, stop striving and abide in me. Mm-hmm. And because there was just the stress I was bringing on myself of just, you're not good enough. It's not perfect. It's not, you're never going to be, you know, it's just a lot of um, just mental and emotional, just stuff I was putting on myself and God was trying to tell me abide in me live in my word and you're just going to be just fine yeah now it went on to just create just so much peace for me during COVID but also like I've held on to that knowledge that it's not in myself I'm not going to get I'm not going to be good enough or get live a godly life in myself so stop striving in myself and abide in him and abide in what I have to abide in his word and his divine power. Mm-hmm. So it's like, number one, I need God's power in my life. Um, number two, like the, the idea that comes for me is he's given me everything that I need to live a godly life. So, you know, I, wrote, I think I wrote down this phrase, like, so stop the excuses that mm-hmm. I can't live a godly life. Because I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know, excuses <laughs> that we bring up in our own minds or that society might tell us or or, or people in church, you know, that you can't live a godly life these days because of the influences or the culture. Yeah. Or, you know, a big one is that, like, our children can't live godly lives, right? They, mm-hmm. People want to put those fears and, and thoughts that, that we can't raise godly ch- children because of the culture that we're living in. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Because here in God's Word, it tells us by His divine power, He's given us everything we need. Yeah. So it's just two things where it's like, I can't do it myself. I need his power. Mm -hmm. And number two is it can be done. So stop the excuses that we can't, you know. But I I put that because he says, um, you know, we he's given us everything we need to live this life. Yeah. So it's not that we lack the tools. We lack the discipline. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the difference is, is we feel like, oh, well, I just, it can't be done. No, yeah. it can be done. Everything you need to do it, yeah. you have the tools, you have the, the, all the pieces are there. The moment that you give your life to Christ yeah. and you say, Lord, I'm going to make you, Jesus, uh, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. The moment you do that, the tools, everything you need, which is at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit. Right. The Holy Spirit lives within you and you have the tools to live the life that God wants you to live. Right. It comes down to, are you going to be disciplined enough to do it? Right. Are you going to be disciplined to learn to use those tools and yeah. to put those things into practice? And when you look into how it's worded, it says, uh, still verse three, it says, we have received all of this, mm-hmm. all, I circled that, all. We've received all of this by coming to know him. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally believe like it's that knowledge of salvation. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, it, it, it even goes beyond just <laughs> like salvation is a daily thing we live out. So it's not just a one-time experience that's like, okay, you know, I received salvation and that's it. Knowledge is, um, it's, it's continual growth. Like, like for us, we, we got married on our wedding day. That's when you get married. <laughs> 
and you know we're husband and wife and and but from that moment on I begin to know you in a different way than I have ever known you before but even 20 years later I know you now why Be even more than I did the day we were married right. because of relationship mm -hmm. so it is this I think it, it speaks to this constant thing um, and it and it's this when it talks about to know him let me see if I wrote this down I don't know if I did or not but it's it's it comes comes from this word when you know it's like a first-hand experience mm -hmm. and I loved that I looked it up the definition like it's this first-hand experience um, yeah there it is knowledge gained through first-hand relationship mm -hmm. so it's this thing where you know you guys may think you know Ben because I talk about him or because he preaches or you don't know me <laughs> but it's this thing of but have you had firsthand relationship right. with him in some way, right? right? And that's the knowledge that God is saying, hey, you have everything you need because now you know me. And there's such a, what should happen in a healthy relationship yeah. is the more that you have that firsthand knowledge and that yeah. firsthand, you know, that intimate relationship that's there is the more you come to trust that person yes, as well. Yes. And so it's like the more that I've come to know Joy, I love obviously love Joy enough to to want to marry her and spend my life with her, but the more that I've gotten to know her, the more comfortable you become with each other right. as well to where I know that I can trust her. Yeah. I can trust her with my deepest darkest mm -hmm. ideas and secrets and vulnerable I can be vulnerable mm -hmm. with her and all of those different things and that comes through life experience and because that comes through life experience of yeah. knowing that knowing that you have that with each other and that's what it is with God as well is the more that you get to know him the more you have those firsthand experiences mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about that more in a moment the more that you have those firsthand experiences the more that you learn that you can trust him yeah and because you can trust him you begin you can be more vulnerable with yeah. him and because you can be more vulnerable with him you can become more of who he wants you to be mm -hmm. and really begin to lay down your own desires and pick up the desires of God because you recognize that I can trust him yeah. and because I trust him I know that what he has is greater than what I want yeah and what he had has is true right because like as it goes further there I think it's verse four maybe uh, it says these these are promises that enable you to share in his divine nature mm -hmm. so you're talking about like this idea of relationship where I can you can trust me right well you we can trust each other because um, we know we're trustworthy it's almost like when you say when you talk about promises it's it's a promise is when you take somebody at their word and you say, okay, mm -hmm. I believe that you're going to, you're going to do what you say. Right. So it's this thing with, with God. And once we know him and we have this relationship with him, that's ongoing, he's like, you can take these promises and, and share in the nature that, that I'm going to give you. Mm -hmm. But like, I, and the promises are this, you know, and that's to me, it's just so powerful to understand. Again, you said it earlier. It's that, fundamental this is our faith mm -hmm. this is our christian faith that he's done everything he's given us everything and and the promises we can share i also like how it words it it says verse four i think it says these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires so mm -hmm. you really see the two because um, before Jesus, we just had the sin nature. Right. And then he's saying, but now, now that you know me, now you can share in my divine nature. 
So where does this access come from to finally conquer sin and, and live that godly life? It comes, um, it doesn't mean we'll, we'll stop battling the sinful nature, but he's saying you can have victory over it, over it because we now know him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I feel like you see both um, the old man, new man, you know, the yeah. new man, old man type yeah. thing there. That's good. Yeah. All right, verse 5 says, In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient Mm -hmm. endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Mm -hmm. So he says uh, a couple things here. One, he says, make every effort to respond to his promises. And so it was just, you ask that question then as are you, or I'm asking you this question now is, are you making an effort to walk in God's promises? We talk about God's promises all the time. I always talk about God's promises, (laughs) whether it's on here or in the, you know, on a Sunday morning when I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. I always talk about there's promises that God has for us. And while that's true, mm-hmm. it's very true. God yeah. has promises for us. What Peter's saying is, are you making every effort to respond to God's promises, yeah. to walk in God's promises? Are you making every effort to do right, that? Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not just, I mean, there's promises that are there, but are you making an attempt to respond to those promises? Mm-hmm. Are you are you trying to be a part of it? And he says, so how, how do you do that? He says, you have to supplement your faith. That means add to your faith. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what it means to have a supplement. A supplement is an addition, right? So right. if you're on some sort of a diet and you're cutting out certain types of food, then sometimes you got to supplement mm-hmm. your protein intake or <laughs> supplement. I don't know. I don't diet. So I have no <laughs> idea what to say. You're, that's right. <laughs> Am right. I good? <laughs> She's the healthy one. Um, and, and so you know, but the, so this is what Peter's saying is you have to add to your faith. Yeah. If you're going to walk in the promises of God and it's, it's this idea of, again, we, mm-hmm. we know this, like we're not saved by our works. Mm-hmm. However, we also know that faith without action yeah. or faith without works, faith without action is dead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not enough. Make, you have to make an effort by adding action to your confession of faith. Right. So it's not enough for me to just say, Jesus, I believe in you, and Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. Now, that's my confession of faith, but now I have to put action to that. I have to prove that I truly am making him the Lord of my life. I had this conversation with Judah the other day, our (laughs) our son Judah, the middle of the middle kids. Uh, He's number three of five, so he's right smack in the middle there. And I had this conversation because he got baptized on Sunday night. Uh, here at church. And so we were having this conversation of how do you know you're saved and mm-hmm. how, how can you know that? And what does it mean to confess Jesus as yeah. Lord and all those things. But I, I was telling them like, it's not just saying, I believe in Jesus. It's then living out what that means. Yes. When I say Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I told them, Judah, that means that you're saying, Jesus, I want to make you the master of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You're in charge now. Yeah. And so it is. And so we do that. And how do we add to our faith? He says, you add to your faith by adding these things. Yes. So your faith, your confession of faith is Jesus. 
I believe you died and rose again. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of everything. Mm -hmm. You're in charge now. That's my confession of faith. Now, to prove that I mean that, I'm going to supplement my confession of faith. I'm going to add to my faith some actions. What are those actions? One, moral excellence. (laughs) So, Ben, does that mean it matters how we live? (gasps) Why, yes, Joy, it does. (laughs) Uh, it literally moral excellence translates to goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It means you got to be a good person, yeah. folks. Yeah, you gotta. People got to look at you and go, you know what? That joy, she's a good person. <laughs> she's good people. That joy, that's that's moral excellence right there. All right, so you got to be a good person. Uh, knowledge. Yeah, we got to add knowledge. So it's not just enough to be a good. And so again, like the way this is worded, it's like to your faith. Add mm-hmm. moral excellence. Mm-hmm. To your moral excellence, add knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is, again, going back to what we already said, it, it means that we should be students of Jesus. Yeah. We should be students of his life and students of his words. Because I don't feel like I maybe don't have to say this, but, but with all the knowledge out there, right? I think it's important to know what knowledge he's talking about. He's talking about knowledge about God. Yeah. He's talking about knowledge about the the wisdom of God. And that comes from the Bible. It's not knowledge about, um, you know, what is this theology? What is this? What's the world think about this? What mm-hmm. is this? Like we can go down so many rabbit trails and it's what you're saying. Jesus says, I want you to know about me. Yeah. You know, and that's the type of knowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you're adding to your faith. Yeah. So. It's like we don't stop at going, yes, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, done, I'm over, I'm a Christian now, yeah. that's all I need to know. Yeah. No, he says you need to add to that faith, yeah. add to that, no- you need to keep adding knowledge. Yeah. So you keep learning. Uh, to your knowledge, you add self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm trying to read my definition. <laughs> it's faith God can, but we, we have a, uh, um, hmm. I don't know what I was saying here. I, I can't just, read my own I notes. just, I didn't even write anything down. You tell I just, me yours. Self-control, not self-control is just discipline. Yeah. To me of like, and that's that part on my, in my walk with God. That's just like, am I being disciplined to, you know, to read my Bible, to mm-hmm. go to church, to pray? Am I being disciplined? Um, Cause I'm in charge of that. Yeah. I'm in charge of self-discipline. You know, I can pray until I'm blue in the face, but I still have to make the choice to be self-disciplined. Yeah, and I think that's what I was trying to say. I can't read. <laughs> I was trying to write on the, when like, he can't read short his own lines. Writing. I was trying to write on short lines, and sometimes I try to get away with shorthand, and then every once in a while I'll look at it and go, that makes no sense at all. <laughs> what I think I was trying to say there is self-control is oftentimes we pray and ask God to control situations, yeah. and God will do that. But we also have to add some self-control. We yeah. have to come to a place where it's like... When it's in our power. It's We recognize that God's given us abilities. Yes. God's given us power to live the life that he wants us to live. So it can't be this desperation all the time of, God, yeah. you have to stop me from sinning. No, you got to learn some well, self-control. Like an example of that is, you know, the Bob talks about... Um, I'm not sure the like what verse, <laughs> but you'll recognize it when I say it. So I feel like when you... when in, flee from sin, mm-hmm. right? So that would be an idea of like self-control where, hey, don't put yourself in a situation or enter into a situation purposely that's going to cause you to sin or tempt yeah. you to sin. It's yeah. like when you're put in that, you know, you, you don't you don't go buy a cheeseburger and put it in front of you if you're on a diet and mm-hmm. you're trying to 
have some self-control. So it's kind of the same thing where it's like, don't put yourselves in a position, have some self-control, do the right thing, Mm -hmm. be disciplined. Yeah. Uh, to your self-control, add patient and patient endurance. Yeah. Um, and so again, yeah, it's just exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Patience. Mm-hmm. All right. You got to add patience. Can you wait for God? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this: the more you understand yeah. what God is doing, sometimes you you need to add to that, add to your confession of faith, add to your faith. Yeah. Patience, which is God. I trust. Again, it's an expression of trust. God, I trust you because I know you. Yeah. I know that I can trust you. I can trust and I can wait for your answers. I can endure through suffering and trials. It just made me think of like the past chapters we've been through where he talks about suffering. Yeah. Um, Add to your patient endurance, add godliness. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, that literally means it's the devout practice or beliefs of God. Mm. So that's that's godliness. Mm -hmm. So again, it's this, you have faith in Jesus, but now you need to add to that a devout practice of mm-hmm. the teachings of God. Yeah. A devout. So it becomes. Would be very similar to the first one, the moral excellence. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's because it's, it's taking what you believe God's word to say, what you believe yeah. about God, and actually putting it into practice. Right. Um, and, and so I think there's a difference there. Sometimes we can be quick to say, what we believe about God, but we don't always live that out. Mm-hmm. It's like um, there's a pastor, Craig Rochelle, wrote a book one time called The Christian Atheist. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the subtitle to it is when you say you believe in God, but live like he doesn't you don't exist. Act like it, right. You live like he doesn't even exist. And so, and a lot of the topics in that book were like, um, you know, I believe that God is, mm-hmm. I believe that God can heal, but I live like he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so when we so profess things, having yeah. faith, if we don't add to that a life that's actually godly. Yeah, we, it's, it's great to say all these things we believe about God, but if we don't actually put them into practice, right? then mm-hmm. what's the point? We believe that God's all powerful, but we trust in ourselves more than we trust in mm-hmm. God. Then we're not putting it into practice. We're not living godliness right, in our right. lives. So uh, to godliness, add brotherly affection. <laughs> that is your love for a fellow believer. Mm-hmm. All right. So other believers. And then to brotherly affection, add love for everyone. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's that last one is worded differently in, in different translations. But it, it, the, the expression there is charity or love. And and I thought this was, it translates to this phrase, meaning um, wanting the highest good for others. Mm-hmm. So that's not just good. fellow believers, that's brotherly affection. Yeah. But then it goes that one step further of you want the highest good for everyone. Yeah. And I thought that was a powerful statement. And so you add yeah. that, you're adding all of these things to your faith. I don't know if he means it this way or not, but the, but the order of it, right, to me, I think is is powerful because it's that first like brotherly love if we can't love who's in our family yeah the right way and just have that connection and that brotherly love then how am i gonna love my enemies how, mm-hmm. how am i gonna love this world how am i gonna so it's just this you know one leads to the next and it strengthens you mm-hmm. i looked at all these and i just looked at it and just i don't know where i wrote this down but i'm just like this is to me is a picture of growth like yeah. This is a picture yeah. of of growth. And going back earlier, you said it already, but it it's why do we respond in this way? Why do we have to, because it says, 
you know, uh, make every effort to respond to the promises in this way and add to your faith. Why do we respond and add to our faith? Why do we have to add to our faith? Isn't my faith just enough to get me to heaven? Mm -hmm. Isn't my faith enough? Um, why does my life have, why do I have to add again? It goes back to that question. I thought salvation was just about, you know, believing in God. But again, you already mentioned this verse. Why do we have to do it? Because faith without works is dead. So these are the works in our life. The adding to this, these are the works that gives our faith life. Mm -hmm. If faith without works is dead, then if you don't have all these things, you know, it's lifeless. Yeah. So to me, it's just this, this is what the, our growth looks like. And if we're not growing, we're dead. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just no option around that. Like it's one or the other, right? Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> and, right. and also for me, I just, I felt like this was a good place to, I just read through those and then just really asked myself, yeah. God, where am I not growing? Mm-hmm. Like, cause as we went through those things, you know, God might, the Holy Spirit might be just blaring light on one of those situ, one of those places. Mm-hmm. And so I just think if you know that there's an area right there that, that, that we mentioned that you're not growing in or you're stagnant in, or you're having a really hard time in, like just begin to a- ask God, help me grow in this area and yeah. add and supplement in this area. Cause, um, there's, there's warnings if we don't, we'll get to that, but there's warnings if mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes on in verse eight says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, uh, again, just real quick. It's, it kind of goes back to that thing of, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And so if you're not moving forward, if you're not growing in these virtues, then what he's saying is you are more likely to go back to your old life. Yeah. You're yeah. likely to forget that, man, I'm, I don't want those old things. Yeah. When I said that I believe in Jesus and Jesus, I want to be a, your follower. I want to yeah. be your disciple. What I was saying is, Jesus, I want what you have for me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not growing in these virtues, then I'm more likely to forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't even want that old life yeah. anymore. Yeah. I th- that was the whole point of this. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget that. Um, in, in another translation, it says that we possess these virtues. In other words, they already belong to us. Mm-hmm. So moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, and patience, godliness, brotherly affection, love for everyone. This other translation says they, that we possess those virtues. Yeah. As Christians, we possess them. Yeah. That word, you know what possess means? It means you own it. You, yeah. you have it. Yeah. It's yours already. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Yeah. But just because they belong to us, that's not enough. We have to be growing in them as well. Yeah. It has to be something we're constantly developing and moving forward with in yeah. our lives. So, you know, um, I feel like I reference a lot your messages because I feel like they fit with whatever I'm reading in the Bible. You can listen to those messages on... Must be really timely or whatever. So this past, uh, you did a series talking about... uh, This is how I fight. This is how I fight. But the very last one was about like that we have... As Christians, we're fighting against complacency. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like it fit here with what he's talking about because he's basically saying if you're not growing in these areas... Um, you're not being productive and you're not growing, then you're going to go back into that old sinful nature. And again, that statement of, um, you know, what's the opposite of not growing in your faith? Complacency. Yeah. 
and complacency just brings you back to the place. Um, give the definition for complacency because I is, thought it was <laughs> interesting. Uh, so the meaning of complacency is a smug satisfaction or uncritical look at uh, how you're living, right. basically. Yeah. And when you put it in the context of us growing in our spiritual walk with God, when we get to the place where we're complacent and we're like, it's good enough. Uh, I don't need to add any more of these things that we mentioned. That's complacency. And it will kill your walk with God. It, it, mm-hmm. And the reason I really feel like it's an opposite, because even in that wording, well, no, it's not. What's the opposite of not growing in your faith? Um, I really mean that, that it's complacency because complacency will kill it. Yeah. It will stop it. It will stop the growth. It will kill your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's detrimental. Again, we'll, we'll see here there's an even bigger warning, I feel like. So I feel like we just really need to understand the um, the severity yeah. of not Complacency, growing. that smug satisfaction or the uncritical look, it's really that idea of saying, meh, I've changed enough. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. If anything. I don't, I, I don't need to grow anymore. I'm, I'm fine. If anything, though, don't you think it's a scarier place to be because you're in denial that you think you're okay? Right. You know, I think about even the Pharisees in the Bible when Jesus was, man, he he was harder on them than some of these notorious sinners and tax collectors mm-hmm. and other people mentioned. He was, he was harder on them because they had a complacency in their relationship with God. Yeah. They thought, I'm good. I got this. I have just enough to get me where I want to yeah. be. And that was a really, to me, dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Verse 10 says, uh, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a good, a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So again, I just, real quick, just, uh, again, we're not saying that you're saved by works. We're not, you're not saved by what you do, but he's saying how we live and the changes in our demeanor, Mm -hmm. the changes in our attitudes, the changes in our behavior, the changes in our beliefs. Yeah. Because that's what godliness means, is is your beliefs. So the change in your beliefs, all of these are evidence of your salvation. Yeah. So you work hard to prove that you really are among these things. And so it is this constant growth pattern that we're trying to have in our lives because it shows that we are we are growing in our knowledge. The more you understand who God is, the more you want to be like him. Yeah. And the more that you do that. And so it's, it, it reflects in the way that you are living your life. Yeah. So again, Lanigan, I don't, I don't want to step on any toes and I wrote this down and I think it, I hope it doesn't sound too offensive, but I feel like I'm not saying anything different here than what Peter is saying. And because I believe just what the word of God says that faith without works is dead. Same thing Ben said that, mm-hmm. um, Works is not what saves you. It's not what saves you. Giving your life, making Jesus Lord of your life, believing in him is what saves you. But I believe faith without works is dead. And he mentions, he he mentions here, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God's called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. So to me, I don't know, I read stuff and I'm just like, I read things and I'm like, oh, this encouragement. And then I read, oh, that's warning. And it's got like this flashing light as I read stuff. And to me, this was like a blaring warning to the mm-hmm. reader here. And I, I wrote something down and I hope it's not too like 
controversial, but do you want eternal security? Mm-hmm. Then do these things and you'll never fall away. Yeah. Like I feel like Peter here is saying, do you want eternal security? Do you know, do you want to know that you are right with God and you're going to get this grand entrance into heaven, eternal life? Do you want that eternal security? Then do these things. Yeah. And you're not going to fall away. Yeah. You know, and, and so to me, because there's this warning of somebody was falling away. I don't know who he's, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's, this is to the church. He wrote this letter to the church. Yeah. He's writing this letter for us today to read. And again, the context, so, because it, you haven't read ahead maybe, is next week he's going to start, in the next chapter, he's going to start talking about false teachers. Yeah. So that, again, that's why he's laying this foundation is because obviously, and again, that's an indication that people were mm-hmm. starting to walk away from the fundamental basics. Yeah. Because they were falling into this false teaching. They were falling into following these false teachers. Yeah. And so this is the purpose of Peter writing this letter. Yeah. Is guys, don't forget the basics. Yeah. Don't forget the fundamentals. And, and in chapter 3, we're going to get where he talks in, about the last days. Mm-hmm. In the last days. But um, one of the signs of, of the last days is it's something called apostasy. And what it means is this falling away that's going to happen. Um, and we, you know, you know, the parable of the, the 10 virgins, the five virgins that had their oil and were ready and the five who didn't. So to me, there's so many places in the Bible where we see, um, where people fall away and, and they get, you know, earlier in the chapter, it says they get short-sighted, they get blind, you know? And so I just think here's a warning to those of us who like, just a warning to keep adding to your faith. Yeah. Don't come to the place where you are okay and have a complacency about you. Um, if you want the security of knowing, God, one day I'm going to see you and I'm going to walk into heaven and it's going to be amazing. If you want that security, then do these things that he lists here because faith without works is dead. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> good. And so he goes on in verse uh, 12. He says, therefore, you know what I always say about that word. Why is this there? What is that or... there for? <laughs> I messed it up. Joy doesn't know what I I say about it. Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you have to ask the question, what's that there for? And then you have to go back and it's there because of whatever was said before. So he's just said all of these things. What Joy just said, do you want to know that you're you're good? Do you want to know that you're going to be in heaven? Do you want to know that you're going? Okay, that's great. Therefore, because we know all of that, he says, he says, therefore, I will always remind you. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to know what's good. I want you to be growing. Mm -hmm. He says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them. And you're standing firm. It wasn't correction. Yeah. He says, I just, guys, I can't say this enough. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you've been taught, it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live for our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life so I will work hard Mm -hmm. to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone Mm -hmm. again Peter's like listen I'm coming to the end of my life Mm -hmm. I know I'm dying if I've got a legacy message this is my legacy message 
and I don't know the exact date here, but like, and I don't know that they know the date, but, but we do know he died right around, mm -hmm. like within a few years after writing these letters. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's interesting that like the Holy Spirit even spoke to him and told him, okay, time's about up. Mm -hmm. But I, re I read that part there and it just gave me just this inspiration of like, this is who I want to be for, especially for my kids. Like I think about Here's Peter just like saying, hey, guys, you're standing firm. You're, you know, you're living the truth. You've been taught it. But it's my job to keep reminding you. And as long as I live. But then he even goes further than that. And he says, so I'll work hard to make sure you always remember these things even after I'm gone. Yeah. You know, and, and it's this idea of our life will live on. Like, what are people going to remember about mm -hmm. you when you're gone? Whether it's your kids, your grandchildren, that person that used to work with you, a church, per you know, it, I don't care if we're in the grave or if we've been raptured. When we're gone, what are people going to remember yeah. about what we said? Because it matters. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, I read that and I thought, like, that's that's who I want to be for my kids. That's what I wrote is what's what's your legacy message? What will people remember you yeah. that you stood for? Yeah. And I think that's an important point for us as Christians to remember. What are we going to be remembered for? What yeah. are my kids going to remember me saying? What's my spouse going to remember? Yeah. What are what are my, you know, the the people that I worked with, those people when when they stand up and they talk about you mm -hmm. when you're gone, what was your legacy? Peter says, "This is my legacy message." Yeah. yeah. I want you to remember my legacy message when I'm gone. This is why I mean he said the word remember about four times yeah. in those couple verses. Yeah. He says, "I want you to remember this. Don't lose the fundamentals. Don't lose the basics. Be growing in the faith." But how discouraged do we get when we have to tell somebody something one time yeah and then we're like well they didn't listen so i give up yeah no <laughs> you know where is that determination i yeah. guess so he says for we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our lord jesus christ we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from god the father the voice from the majestic glory of god said to him this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy we ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain and so peter here is talking about experiences firsthand yeah. experiences that they had with jesus so they're talking about his baptism when he was baptized and 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 he came up and the father spoke the dove comes down the holy spirit comes in the form of dove the father speaks this is my son they're talking about the moment on the 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 the, at the transfiguration yeah. where they're standing there and all of a sudden there's this bright light and Jesus is transformed into mm -hmm. his spiritual, that, that heavenly being and he's meeting with Moses and, mm -hmm. and they're there and they're watching it going, what the crap is happening right now? And, mm -hmm. But they saw all of that with their eyes and they're like, listen, mm -hmm. I know that when we talk about the return of Jesus, mm -hmm. it sounds far-fetched, but listen, everything we say, we don't have to make up stories, guys. Yeah. We've seen this stuff yeah. with our own hands and contrary to a lot of people's beliefs today, the the Christian faith is not made up of wild stories. <laughs> it is made up of eyewitness accounts. Right. And there will be people today, we were talking about it because of a law that was passed here in Canada a little while ago. Joy was saying <clears throat> when they passed this law, um, you know, they, they literally called the Bible a myth. The Bible is not a myth. It's eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Yes, they were 2,000 years ago. But you know what else? There's tons of history books that were written 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago that we don't question. Yeah. 
because they were and were like, well, th- those things actually happen. Or there's an eyewitness account. Mm-hmm. The Bible is full, it's all eyewitness accounts. Yeah. The entire Bible is eyewitness accounts. There's and yet people tried to dismiss it. And yeah. Peter's going, listen, we didn't have to make any of this stuff up. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it with our own eyes. When Peter wrote this letter, there were people that were still living that saw these things take place. When, when when the New Testament was written, people had lived through all of this. Mm-hmm. They had seen it. And so Peter's like, listen, if it wasn't true, all these people could have discredited us. Mm-hmm. But nobody's discrediting us. Mm-hmm. Be- why? Because we all saw it with our own eyes. Yeah. And because, and then this is what I love, is he's saying, because, if, or do you have anything there? If, well, I'll, just, keep, I'll keep reading in a second. So if you want to go back and like, just understand the context, I think it's powerful when you add to it the context mm-hmm. and actually go read those stories. So Matthew 17, 1 through 9, Mark 9, 2 through 8, and Luke 9, 28, 36, talk about Jesus taking Peter, James, and John up on a mountain, and it was the transfiguration. And so I would encourage you to go back and look that up because it's going to just make a lot more like you're going to read it and understand what he's talking about. But I I had just written down, Peter got a glimpse. Mm -hmm. Like Peter got a glimpse of God's kingdom. He got a picture of Jesus. And and Jesus only allowed three men to see this at this moment. And if you go to where it talks about this story, Jesus tells them, he says, don't tell anybody what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And I think like it just shows to, I put this in perspective of my own life, of when you get a glimpse firsthand, when God does a miracle in your life, when you have experienced a something that only God can do and God allows you a glimpse into like something wonderful and powerful, like he did this for a reason. He allowed you to see it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to give you instructions of when to share it and what to, how to use it. Right. Because, but it'll change your testimony. Like look how that changed Peter's life and Peter's testimony because God gave him a glimpse of something and then wanted him to share it at the right time. Yeah. And so he go, he goes on he says, because of that experience, because of what we saw with our own eyes, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and Christ, the morning star, shines in, our, in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. Mm-hmm. What Peter's saying is, we had all these experiences firsthand. Yeah. We saw things. And because we saw these things, because we were eyewitnesses to what Christ was doing, yeah. it makes us believe in the prophets even more. Yes. And I feel like this is an important thing for us is the more you grow in your knowledge of Christ, mm-hmm. the more you grow in your knowledge of God, the more you add to your faith, knowledge, godliness, moral excellence, all Mm -hmm. these things that Peter's talking about, the more you'll experience God firsthand in your life. And then all of a sudden, it's not so hard (laughs) to believe what has been written in the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
because you start to see the more you live out the promises of God, he mm-hmm. says, work hard to walk in these promises. Yeah. Like the more you live that out and the more you begin to see the effects of the promises of God in your own life, all of a sudden it's not so hard to read the prophets and read the prophecies and read promises of Jesus coming back and mm-hmm. go, dude, everything else has happened. Here. It's all yeah. happening. Yeah. Because I'm experiencing it in my own life firsthand, I absolutely believe even more what the prophets have said. Well, and he words it, and like he said, he says we have greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like I look and say, you know, there's so many of us in our walk, like we need more confidence. Yeah, we need more confidence, and so that comes again, like you're talking about through the personal experiences that God gives us and through you tie in these personal experiences. See see what Peter did is he tied in a personal experience. Here's Jesus. He knows Jesus, but then God allows him to see something amazing. Basically it's the old Testament, new Testament. And they just, (laughs) because what happens is he goes up on the mountain. Jesus gets transfigured and his face shines like the sun. And he sees God in this different form, understands, Oh, you're the king of kings. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he knows this that may be in his head, but does he know it in his heart? And then lo and behold, there's Moses and Elijah standing there talking to Jesus about the fact that Jesus is about to die on the cross. They're having a conversation about Jesus about to die, you know? And so then he says he has this confidence now in what the prophets say. So I just think like, is God want to mesh these two together? And he wants to mesh things in our life. When we have life experiences, he wants to use them and give us more confident confidence. It's not confidence to make ourselves puffed it up. It confirms or... who he is. Yes, yes. The experiences that we allow, when we allow ourselves to have experiences with God, yeah. when we put our faith and trust in him, we'll, we, you will have an experience with God yeah. that will do nothing but confirm everything God has said about himself. Yes. And so Peter's like, man, just go back to the basics. Yeah. Go back to those fundamental things. Don't forget that. Understand everything that's been written. It was never a made-up story. It From was the never. It was never man's initiative to make things up. It yeah. was inspired by the Holy Spirit, breathed by God, spoken by God. And the more that you let it come alive in you, yeah. the more it'll give you confidence in everything that's been said. And just a warning: if you ever hear anybody, oh, we don't need the Old Testament. I'm telling you, the New Testament, Jesus tells us to read the Old Testament. He says it here. He says, you must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in dark place until the day dawns. What day? The day of the Lord when he comes again. Mm -hmm. So it's this thing of don't ever let anybody tell you that there's only part of the Bible you need to be reading. That's wrong. (laughs) Good stuff. Yes. Second Peter chapter one. Listen. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us for lunch. If you would like one of these fantastic little mugs right here, (laughs) then go uh, share this episode, all right? Share the episode, whether that's through YouTube, whether that's uh, on Facebook, whatever, however you want to do it, share it. Tag a couple of your friends, tag us. Make sure to leave a comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you do. Everything you do in that <laughs> list right there is going to get you an entry into the drawing next week. And we will announce our three winners live right here on Lunch with PB&J. Until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having lunch with us. Yeah. We'll see you next week on Lunch with PB&J. Bye.